Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. ARCHICAD is the official BIM software of the Entree Architect community. ARCHICAD BIM software enables design, collaboration, visualization, and project delivery no matter the project size or complexity. With flexible licensing options and a dedicated support team to guide us along the way, ARCHICAD is an ideal choice for firms and projects of any size. I encourage you to reach out and talk to the folks at Graphisoft by visiting our own dedicated webpage at graphisoft.com slash US slash Entree Architect. There's even an exclusive special offer waiting for our Entree Architect community. Go now to graphisoft.com slash US slash Entree Architect and see how Graphisoft is positioned to help make your architecture firm a success. That's graphisoft.com slash US slash Entree Architect. My name is Mark Arlapage, and you are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, where each week I speak with inspiring, passionate people who share their knowledge and expertise all to help you build a better business as a small firm entrepreneur architect. Mario Novas, welcome to Entree Architect Podcast. Good to be here. Thank you for having me. Luidenko Novas is an audiovisual production company with a focus on contemporary architecture, urban planning, and its relationship with society. Their work has been exhibited at architecture film festivals such as New York, Rotterdam, Venice, New Zealand, and at biennials such as Switzerland and Seoul. Katerina Klewudenko, a Chilean uh, journalist, together with Mario Novas, a Spanish architect, they're the people behind these works. 
uh, commissioned by Shelter, the online streaming service dedicated to architecture films, Katarina and Mario's 2022 release, Mexity, explores the contemporary architecture in Mexico through design, activism, public investment, local ecosystems, and it features the architects creating the next generation of Mexican contemporary architecture. So I want to learn more, um, Mario, about your films and about your film production studio. Uh, but before we do that, you're an architect. I want to learn more about you. I want to, to hear your story. I want you to go back as far as you want to go. Um, tell us about when you discovered architecture and what inspired you to become an architect. I was raised in Switzerland. And if you ask me now, as you are doing, I think it's all this kind of graphic design in Switzerland, which I was really related to since the, 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 the things in school or what you see at the, at the streets, it, it was kind of nice, squared, two colors. So I feel comfortable within this kind of aesthetic. And when I was drawing at home, I, I liked uh, since I was more or less six or seven years old to draw with a with a I don't know with a measurement thing tool a no? straight so to make straight lines yes and if you see a, a kid making this it's usually the parents start to say ah he wants to be an architect and <laughs> I think right. maybe this stick to my head and when I end my my studies in school. Uh, I knew I was going to make to study architecture. I was a little bit between architecture and uh, I, I have also a lot of, of, of uh, I like math, mathematics. I, I like it a lot. Now, yeah. not, not so much, but at this time, I, I like it. But I didn't thought as a mathematician what my future would be. So I went to architecture and I studied architecture in the Canary Islands. And this is something that I found really kind of a cornerstone in, in, in my path because the Canary Island uh, is really something in the middle between Europe and, and Latin America. And not only geographically, but also in terms of development because the Canary Island, they, they experienced a huge development since Cristobal Columbus was traveling to, the, to South America. And then it was... Uh, almost forgotten for two or 300 years. Wow. So the cities are not especially nice, but the kind of atmosphere you feel in the cities, the, the, the kind of relation you have with other people, it's more linked to, the, to here, to the Latin America countries. And there's, a, there's an architecture school there? Yes, there, are, there is an architecture school. And it's also... You are studying in Europe, but you are not in the middle of a huge European city. So it, you can uh, learn through Renaissance by looking around because there are yeah. a few examples. And most of the examples, they arrived 200 years later. So it, it, it was kind of a experiencing school. Although the school, yeah, the system, it was like many other schools. I mean, many others in the world, it doesn't change so, so much. But I mean, the, the, the surroundings was, was quite different. And, and this made me enjoy something else than just architecture. So you, you grew up in Switzerland. You're Spanish, right? Your origins are Spanish. So how did you go from, from Spain to, to Switzerland? 
because in the 60s, uh, as you know, the, 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 well, maybe you don't know it, you don't have to know it for sure, but the civil war in Spain yeah. in the 30s till the 50s, 60s, all the immigration from Spain went to South America. After the 50s, 60s, all the immigration went to Germany, maybe England, and especially to Switzerland. Got it. That's okay. how my parents, when they have, when they were 16 years old, they went to Switzerland to make a, a better future. And this is where I grew up, let's say. Understood. Okay. I want to make sure that was clear to the listeners <laughs> because... Because it sounds like you're from Spain, but you're from Switzerland. And so I wanted to make sure that was clear. So you were, you were at architecture school, Canary Islands. So how, what happened after architecture school? It was during the architecture school, I, I started to work with a, with a teacher. And it was a teacher that, yeah, you know, at, at school, at any school, you have maybe one, two, two, or maybe three teachers that really impact you. This is one that impacted me a lot. So I, I worked with him and he was this kind of open-minded person that any design is good as long as you take it in the, in the right path. And also anything you do, it's not only designing and building. You can design anything. So you can design how you set up the, the, the dishes on a, on a table. So everything, it was really... Uh, he was concerned about a lot of different things. So I, then I went back to the, to the graphic design, which I always liked, but I, I, I thought, yeah, I'm doing architecture. I, I, I shouldn't do anything related with the graphic design, but I went back. So I made a small group of friends. We made a kind of a collective and we started to make a lot of graphic design, especially for the order of architects and for a lot of small companies of architecture. And I started to enjoy something different than just architecture. And after working with him for a couple of years, I started to work with a, with a sculptor who was also trained as an architect. So, yeah, I, I was trying to help him with this uh, graphic stuff around the production. So maybe taking pictures and uh, yeah, printing some books and Unfortunately, it was a really good period because it was before 2008. So this means that Spain was booming economically. Yeah. So yeah, we, we made a lot of uh, different exhibition, one of them even in, in New York. So it, it gave me really a good experience of, you know, I can take what I learned in architecture, but I can apply it in, in different fields. And this is something that it, it, it stuck with me. And I, I feel this, I find this really, really interesting. So where did you go from there? What was the next thing? The next thing was uh, after working a couple of years in the Canary Island, more, yeah, this specifically in an in a architectural firm, uh, we thought uh, as young architects, we want to, to, to join a bigger firm. And for us, so bigger firm are based in Northern Europe. So okay. I had a friend, he went to Belgium and he said, look, we are working here in a huge company. There are uh, over 80, 80 employees. So come and join us. So I went to Belgium, to Antwerp. I stayed there for three years, but it was really not my, my, my lifestyle. So I, 
I wasn't used anymore to the cold, to the winter, to this kind of uh, colder relation between people. I was really used to the, the, what I think it's the canary way of living. So more outside your, your house, more linked to the people, talking to them directly. So from there, I, I, had, I, I, I decided to go to Chile. Why Chile? Because another friend of mine in, the, in this office was a Chilean. So we were kind of a small group. And Chile at this time, it was the initial time of Alejandro Aravena. We was getting to, he, he was really known. And, mm-hmm. and also some uh, kind of really small projects from a, an architectural school, which is Talca, which is a really small city, 300 kilometers south in Santiago. So they were printed in the, in the media. So I, I was really, oh, what are you doing there? This is so nice. And I always thought that Chile would be like Canary Island, but even more extreme. And once I, I, I arrived here, I saw that the Chilean, maybe they are the less Latin Americans in the, in the whole uh, region because yeah. they are quite structured, they are quite yeah, calm, they're not so crazy. But yeah, I, I found here my, my wife and I stay here. Let's say, let's so, make it short. Katarina is your wife um, and your partner at yes. the production studio. How did you meet and what's, the, how did, what's that story? How did you start the production company? Uh, here in Chile, as I, I was telling you, I, I came with this architect from, from Belgium and we joined... Uh, his brother office and his brother was a graphic designer. So we thought, yeah, it's maybe the moment that uh, we can join and articulate graphic design and architecture because somehow we feel it's linked. But then at the end of the day, you see there is nothing that is linked because all their clients from the graphic design didn't went to the architectural part. And the same way, the other way around, it, it just, it doesn't happen. So, but at this time, design was something more than just graphic design. And uh, his brother, he spent one uh, hour every week explaining us which are the new disciplines related to design, such as the, the design thinking, and especially the service design. And we felt really interested about service design. So uh, let's say uh, Felipe, who was my partner at that time, he went to Germany to train, to be trained in graphic design, and I went to London. And graphic, and sorry, service design. So I was trained in London for service design, and service design uh, for people who maybe don't know about it, it's a kind of a holistic way of designing, putting the person in the center of it. So you, you are thinking all the, 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 the kind of touching points, the kind of, kind of stakeholders, but always linked to, this, to the person. And it was such a nice approach. And it, it was such a nice approach because you can apply it to anything, even if it's a, an interior design, even if you are designing a, a method or procedment. So this was where I was working for almost four years. 
and Katerina, she was a journalist. But you know, at the end of the day, we arrived at our place. And how was your day? Yeah, it was good. I answered maybe 20 to 30 mails. I went to meetings, I came back and she was exactly the same thing. So it was our time we, we said, oh, we stay with this and we start to buy a house to raise kids and so on. Or maybe it's our last chance to make something different and maybe a little bit crazy. So we went for this option. So we, we traveled for one year from Guatemala to Chile by bus, experiencing some countries. And what we found there is that over these four years of relation, we were, we were in relation, yeah, from seven evening till, till, till night, because in, during the day you are, she is at her work, I'm at my work. And we found out, we, we are really we are we have a good connection to 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 spend the whole day together so we decided to make something together we didn't know what but after this year yeah we have to do something together definitely so we went to spain because we thought yeah maybe in spain kind of inspiration will come to us and what we found during this trip is we really enjoyed talking to people and we found really interesting stories in Latin America related to people which we think they, they deserve to be explained. But I'm, I was kind of, uh, I knew about photography and she writes really good. We think, yeah, maybe making a, a magazine, it's really complicated. So this is what shifted us into the video, into the audiovisual. What we, we, we were not related, we don't know so much about it, but we had good friends there. So they, they kind of explain us how to start, what are the movements of the camera. But in terms of uh, creating a story, we were more related to creating a story, she and me. And this is how we, we ended up with this audiovisual part. But yeah, we, we have to make a living out, out of it. So we can't ask for, give me a job if I didn't make anything. So we did by ourselves a small series of 10 different kind of uh, creative processes based on people in Barcelona, each of them related to something quite different. So it could be uh, somebody making shoes, uh, somebody teaching creative processes in the university, a designer and so on. And from, from this point on, uh, Akhtar, which is a publisher house, a really a big publishing house, was, uh, was launching Urban Next, which is an uh, internet platform related with architecture and cities. And they said, yeah, what you are doing with this uh, kind of creative processes, we want, to, we want you to do it within architecture. So... We had uh, the responsibility of creating uh, what's, what is going on in the Latin American scene in architecture nowadays. And not only from the architectural point of view, but also from the civic society. So not only architects are making cities. So there are, there are a lot of different forces that, that are creating cities. So we went back to Latin America. We made another huge trip with a lot of interviews. and. I'm sorry, I'm making this answer a little bit longer, but 
we will go to the to the it's point. perfect. It's you're telling the whole story. It's you're you're answering the questions before I ask, ask them. So that's good. When we went back, we make all this editing of interviews, and they were on the platform, and yeah, it was really nice. But at the same time, friends of me, of yeah, of us, they were doing the same in Africa, and another one, he was doing the same in North America. So we were sharing, like, uh, look, this architect, he is so nice. You have to listen to this interview. So I was telling them this. They were telling me the same. But I never listened to any interview of Africa or Northern America because I felt it, 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 it was kind of boring for me going to, to a platform and then play a, a, a video where I just see a talking head. It, yeah. I didn't do it. At the end, I didn't do it. And I, I'm sure they were really nice. And it, it was funny because they didn't do it with also with the, the ones I recommended. <laughs> and then we thought, yeah, we are missing the point because what we found after my four years in Chile, where I was not so related to architecture, and I came back, we, we did this travel together with Cate for Urbanex. We found such amazing buildings and it was not just the, the buildings that were amazing because yeah, maybe you, you won't feel it the same way as me, but the stories behind the buildings, they were really amazing because this region is, they have a lack of, of rules. There is also mainly a lack of budget. So it's a field for innovation. So yeah. you don't have to ask so many permissions. So we found really nice stories, but, if you want to portray these stories, how we do it. And then we thought it should be a documentary because documentary, you can think, ah, we need a big screen and the way of watching it, it will be a, a collective experience. You don't have to watch it by yourself at your place because when you're back at your place from your work, maybe you want to, to go to tea into Netflix and see a, a nice series. You don't want to, to learn about architecture at this moment in, in 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 your life or in your day no yeah. so we thought yeah we should do this for the big screen not because we were artists and we make such nice images but it was the way that we found this is logic to tell the story because if you watch something with between five to ten or twenty people then afterwards you can create a debate you can talk what have you seen what what impact you are there's something that i can take with me for, for, for my own experience, whether I'm an architect or not. And this is how we, we ended up working for Akhtar and try to make our path into the documentaries. With the first one that came really fast, we, 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 we raised the money really fast. We thought, oh, this would be our life, raising money and making documentaries. Then, uh, yeah, we realized it, it doesn't work so fast. <laughs> we, we just were lucky at the you beginning. Got lucky. <laughs> Yeah. We got lucky, yeah. But we made this 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 documentary from of Ecuador, and making this from Ecuador. Once we went there, and we thought, once we came back from Ecuador, why are we assembling this kind of things from Ecuador? So why a student or a young architect placed in the northern hemisphere should look at what's going on in in Ecuador? It's it's maybe it's not interesting for them. But with this in mind, we try to, 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 yeah, to, 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 to give answers to this kind of question. Why should you look at this? So we, we brought in also people from outside Ecuador 
who was kind of a connection between any country in the world and Ecuador, telling why we should look at architecture in Latin America. And it, it, it was nice. And finally, this documentary, it, it worked really good. Not only in festivals and so on, but we received a lot of mails and letters from people who are not architects and they enjoy what, what they saw. So we, then we thought, yeah, this should be our path and just get into this and get into this. And luckily after a few years, we, we started a relation with Shelter, which is, is really wonderful for us. And we hope it should be awesome for them. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that you're telling the stories behind the buildings, that the buildings are super interesting. And the and the and the videography is fantastic, right? It's it's like a feature film and telling great stories about the the architects and the people behind the buildings and and not just buildings, right? It's about the city and the spaces and the society uh, around them. Um and and really focusing on modern architecture, contemporary architecture and the influence and the inspiration from the his history of those places. Uh, it's very, very well done. Let's take a quick break to say thank you to our sponsors for their support of this episode. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. There's a lot to love about being an entrepreneur architect, right? But trying to figure out our financials on our own is not one of those things. Luckily, we have FreshBooks, the all-in-one accounting solution that's built for business owners like us. FreshBooks takes all the not-so-fun parts of running a business, from building and tracking invoices, to managing online payments, to organizing expenses, and automates them with features like the digital bills and receipt scanner, saving you up to 11 hours a week in the process. It's also super easy to get up and running and the award-winning FreshBooks support team, they are always available to answer any questions along the way. Compare that to some of the other financial management tools out there. Try FreshBooks for free for 30 days, no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com architect to get started today. That's freshbooks.com architect. So what will you do with 11 more hours each week? This episode is brought to you by rcat.com. We all have that one story, that one project that had such a unique situation that it required a solution that you had rarely considered before. We share these stories in private professional circles with our friends and our colleagues, but there has never been a collection of these stories of conflict and triumph all in one place until now. Detailed is a podcast series that features architects engineers, builders, and manufacturers who share their insights and expertise as they highlight some of the most complex, interesting, and oddball building conditions that they have ever encountered, and the ingenuity it took to solve them. Join host Sharice Lakeside, aka CSI Kraken, a senior specifications writer at RDH Building Science as she uncovers lessons learned to help you navigate similar challenges that may arise in your next project. Detailed, an original podcast by ArtCat. Listen and subscribe right now at ArtCat.com slash podcast. That's ArtCat.com slash podcast. A-R-C-A-T dot com slash podcast. Detailed, 
every building has a story. Please visit our sponsors today and thank them. Thank them for supporting you, the Entree Architect community. How did you end up with your work for Mexity at Shelter? How did you make that connection with Shelter? Because they they bought us the rights from this uh, first uh, documentary in Ecuador. Oh, and okay. talking to Got them, they said we we really want you to to make something in in Latin America. What can you do? But it was in the middle of the pandemic. We couldn't travel to another country, so we made a, a series of architecture in Chile. And the most special thing for me that Chile has is the difference of landscape. So we have this huge desert in the north till Patagonia and the ice in the in the south. So we said, yeah, just pick one uh, building in each scenario. And th there are so many, so few people living in Chile. So we picked buildings without almost any neighborhood. So it was really the building in the middle of a huge uh, landscape which gave us the, a nice storytelling about why they choose these materials. And if the materials are not just from five meters of, uh, uh, from, from the building, from the construction site, how they brought the materials, because this is another problem. Maybe you have to cross a river and so on. And this is what we did in, in Chile. So apparently the series went well in terms of audience. Although it was kind of a smaller episode, it was a 10 to 15 minutes episode and it was one project each episode. And when we proposed the, the next year in Mexico, it was, we were thinking of, yeah, let's do something not uh, guided to a building. So a building gives the name to the episode, but we try to give a name to the episode through, through a topic. So what are we looking here? So maybe it's, uh, uh, I don't know, public space. Okay, let's find two, three, five different examples of public space and just try to give the audience what, how architects are struggling with public space. Because, I mean, for, for us, the different part here is we are used to consume architecture through books and websites. Yeah. which the information is, is, is visually. So we go on a scroll, we like this building, we don't like the next one, we like this one, we don't like this one. And that's perfectly fine. It happens to me. When you listen to the story behind the building, maybe you still don't like it, but you know uh, it is this way because it has to be this way. There's not another way to, yes. to this building to be done. And it gives you different insights. So what we found is that this audio part of the, of, the, of the audiovisual, it has a huge interest. It's not just watching a building with the nice music underneath, which of course it's necessary and it's great, but we have to inform, we have to, do, we have to give different things, different insights to the, to the public, so to any kind of public, so they, they, they can see a building, which maybe they don't like it, but they see, ah, that's why they did this. Right. So the story. that's something that I, I, I really enjoy because, for, for, for instance, in, in public spaces, in this episode, 
There is a building from Mauricio Rocha, which is one of the biggest architects nowadays in, in Mexico City. And well, in, in the whole Mexico. But the, the, this uh, extension of the museum, I was not so related to it. And it was through Armando and Sureya, whose office, El Cielo, they were kind of curator. So we went there, yeah, we filmed the, the, the extension. It was well done, of course, it, it's a nice project. But it was afterwards, we have to interview. This, is, this was also curious because usually we have to interview before we go to the, to the building. And he was telling us, yeah, he, he was commissioned to do this, but through a competition. And most of us, if you are related to architecture, you did once in the, in the life a uh, competition. Yeah. And a competition, it's at the end, it's your graphic tools which have to pop out. So imagine the jury, they come in into a room with 100 different panels and they have to pick up fast 10. Maybe this 10, they will take a, a little bit longer. So you are trying to make a, a, a communication through this graphic design to the shape of the building. I don't know, through a kind of a image to something, you have to catch the eye of, of the people. But he, in, in, in this project, you almost don't see it. It's, it's really low, it's quiet. It's almost not designed, so it's, it's the same thing over and over and over. And I mean, he said at the end, yeah, sometimes you have to be brave to, to make this kind of things and to yeah. stick to it because you are investing a lot of time in the competition, you are investing a lot of money of making the models and so on. And then you have to be lucky that someone is able to see this, to see this thing and not going to pick up the, the, the huge and nice thing. So, and from, from this, this is an example that I started to look at the building completely different. And it, it was really a huge input for us of how we try to communicate this building through the edition. Because you see always this, the same thing, the same rhythm. But right. it was, yeah, it, it's this rhythm. It's to be a little bit under the bushes, not above the bushes. So, I mean, th this is the... the the nice experience we have, and we try to share it with the. That's with a the perfect audience. example of of the importance of of your films, um, is that you see the architecture from a different perspective, that you see things and hear things that you wouldn't have otherwise learned uh, if you just looked at them in magazines or even if you visited them in person, right? Because you don't even know the story behind. The, the buildings, even if you visited them yourselves, because when you visit a, a space um, that you've seen in magazines or books, you have another impression, right? It's a totally different building when you experience it in person. But then you add another layer of understanding the story behind the design and behind the creation, why certain decisions were made. And it gives you a whole other level of experience and understanding of the building. And again, it transforms your understanding of that piece of architecture uh, in a way that you would have never known before. And so the idea of having an audio visual representation of architecture is fascinating. Um, that project that you're talking about is in the first episode of Mexity. So if anybody wants to go back and look at that project, uh, it's there in episode one, public spaces of Mexity. Um, so, so um, Mario, uh, before we wrap things up, what's the future look like for your production studio? What's, 
what's the next thing that you're looking to to do um when we have been in in mexico we 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 have been shooting uh Mex city but we have been shooting also what was going on there with the women architects because nowadays mexico if you go to they kind of i'm inventing here a little bit okay but yes. let's say the top 10 uh, main firms in architecture you easily find four or five that are just women not women with a with a husband not women with a male partner just her with her name yeah and this is unique in the world i, I find it like this I, I didn't see this example anywhere else so we went also like What's going on there? How how are these these women? How yeah. are the buildings they are doing? And this is the, the 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 next thing we will do for shelter. We we it was all already shooted, so we have to go into the post production. And this is what is almost yeah almost it will be there the the next year. And now we have a really a small commission to go to Venezuela to firm a public space made by a Venezuelan architect who is uh, teaching in Sweden. And he makes uh, architecture in Venezuela just using the leftover materials from the petrol industry. So they are really kind of crazy, full of colors uh, projects, but really well thought. And they have to do it almost without money. So it's because the community really wants to have a project so they they join forces and they will make this this happen. And so also the design it ha- it, it can just be his design making made on a paper and then uh, sent to the community. He has to be there not once every week. He has to be there maybe six to seven days a, a week. So yeah. yeah, we are going to to film this for a museum here in Chile. And this is what's going on for the for the next year. Yeah, excellent. I look forward to that. I look forward to that. Um, Mario, before we wrap up, I want to ask you the one question I ask all my guests. Um, Our audience are majority architects. Most of them are architects, lots of business owners. Um, You have a business, your production studio is, is your business. So you've gone through the process of creating something from nothing uh, and trying to keep it running financially. What would you say is one thing that a small firm architect can do today to build a better business for tomorrow? That's a tough question. Uh, what worked for us is to be, if, yeah, you have to stick to an idea that has made sense to you outside the, 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 the business model. Because afterwards, yeah, you, you have to think about the business model and you have to make it sustainable, of course. Right. But you have to stick to, a, to an idea. And this idea, maybe it can work at the beginning as it, it did for us at Ecuador. But then for almost one and a half year, two years, it was really not working. It was not working. We, we started to shift ideas, to shift ideas. Till at the end, we said, no, this is our focus. This is where we are. This is what we do. We don't want to be like any other. And this is how we... We are still on working on trying to find our 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 language of expressing our language of doing things and especially also our language on the relation with our clients. 
I mean, if they ask us, oh, I want to make a video, how much does it cost? So you have to have an answer and you have to explain how much right. does it cost like this or like this other thing. And this is mainly the, the, the stuff. And architects, you don't look for an architect on a website. You are, you are going to an architect because your brother, your brother-in-law or somebody, your, your neighborhood worked with this architect. So yeah, you have to... To, to take care of this of this relationship and you have to you have to try to be honest and this is something difficult sometimes because I think at school we we haven't been so honest when we when they delivered the work because we were delivering a work but saying it with this huge and fancy words look at this that's it, it kind of turns around and blah, 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 blah. So we were trained to speak a pseudo language, which right. nobody, it's one, it's not interesting. Two, nobody will understand it. You are working alone. So, I mean, it's the time to be outside, to get relation with people and try to make the best. Even if they're asking you to, 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 to reform a toilet, yeah, make the best toilet you can have, you yeah. can make. Very, very good advice. The, the, the idea of, of knowing your own story, right? Of, of understanding what your story is and then being able to tell that story uh, to the world, right? Through your language and through your, your, your business interactions, that, that the, the, which is really building your brand. It's really about understanding what your brand is, what your story is, what your language is, uh, and, and then being consistent with that, doing that over and over and over again. Uh, great advice. Mario, um, your website is uh, novas.com. You can find out information all about all of the work that you've done. There's a whole catalog there, archives of all the work. Um, there's information about Mexidi there as well. Uh, Katerina Kluidenko is your wife and your partner. Um, together, you are Kluidenko Novas Productions. Um, you can learn, you can actually watch the series Mexidi on Shelter at shelter.stream. So you can go there, sign up uh, and watch all of the episodes of, of Mexity and lots more there. So I highly recommend you go check out Shelter uh, at shelter.stream. Uh, Mario, thank you for the work that you're doing. You're, you're sharing uh, stories about architecture in places that many of us are not familiar with and don't know much about. And it's fascinating to, to watch and listen uh, to the stories that you're telling and seeing these these projects and this architecture from a completely different perspective uh, is fascinating. So I appreciate the work that you're doing. And I thank you for coming by here today and sharing your knowledge and your story at Entree Architect Podcast. Yeah, thanks to you for your time and having me here. I, I'm, I'm really excited to, to talk about what we are doing, what we are trying to do, because sometimes we, we succeed, sometimes we don't succeed so much, but we are still pushing it. Well, I'm glad you're doing it. If you liked this episode of Entree Architect Podcast, please share a rating, write a review, share a link with a friend. That's how Entree Architect has grown to serve thousands of architects just like you. Please share a rating, write a review, share a link to this episode with a friend. I'd appreciate it. Links to all our sponsors and all the resources we discussed today are available at the show notes. For this episode found at entrearchitect.com slash podcast. Entree Architect is a member of the Gable Media Podcast Network. 
It's the network dedicated to architects, engineers, and construction pros. Listen and subscribe to all the shows at Gable Media at GableMedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. Go check it out. We have, I think, 13 podcasts over there now. GableMedia.com. And before we wrap up, a special thank you to our partners at Graphisoft for helping our community of architects make the transition to BIM with ARCHICAD software. Go now to graphisoft.com slash US slash Entree Architect and see how Graphisoft is positioning to help make your architecture firm a success. Visit graphisoft.com slash US slash Entree Architect to learn more. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Entree Architect Podcast. My name is Mark Arla Page. Love, learn, and go share what you know. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like, how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arla Page, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast. It's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected 
annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is going to be a priority. When the job is done, we're going to actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> and so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success. <laughs>